All right, we are back with the One of Bet Podcast Week 2. Welcome back, everybody. As always, this is David. I'm here with my buddy Miles. Miles, what do you got to say for yourself? I am Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. And I won a bet. Uh, yes, you absolutely did win a bet. And unfortunately, that means I lost a bet. We're going to get to that in a minute. I just want to remind people kind of how WannaBet works and what we're doing. So every week, Miles and I put money on uh, sporting events, primarily the NFL. And each week, we recap those bets and we go over the wins and losses. We crown a winner and then we add money to our wallet and we turn our attention to uh, the next week's games. And what I'm really excited about for this podcast is this is the first podcast where we're really putting the full format into effect. So Miles and I made week one bets. We made four bets each. Uh, we bet $1,000, which is our requirement. We have to bet all of that $1,000. We have to make at least three bets. We made four. Uh, most of them will be on the NFL. We might bet some other sports down the road. And every bet has to be at least $100. So those are the rules for one bet. We got a lot to talk about this week. I'm so excited about football. I'm so glad that it's here. I, I love my Sunday routine of just sitting down and watching hours of uh, uninterrupted football. Um, this was a great week for me. I mean, all of my bets during week one had the potential to be cashed. Uh, it all came down to the end of the game. And so, uh, you know, some of my bets came in. Some of them didn't, but I was in it the whole time. Uh, it turned out uh, overall to be net positive, so I'm happy there. Um, and I mean, I'm happy to go through each each one of uh, each one of the bets, and we can kind of talk about where I was at, what I was thinking, and maybe what the difference was uh, in each in each one of them. And I won my fantasy team, so that I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we had a lot of we'll, – we'll get into the recap in just a second here. There were a lot of home dogs. Yeah, we should have taken our own advice. We highlighted that at the top of the podcast, saying there were a lot of home dogs and that home dogs cover, and they they did again. They covered this week, and we were a little bit reluctant, being week one, to take some of them. But uh, – and in fact, we actually went oppo on a few of them. Some of those came in, some of those didn't. And, uh, you know, it just kind of goes to show that uh, when there's a, a winning formula. It might be best to stick with it. Well, why don't you get into recapping your bets? We'll talk about some of the games. We'll talk about some of the lines. We'll talk about some of the storylines for week two as we get into it. It is Thursday night right now. The Chargers and the Chiefs are about to kick off week two. That's a whole crazy game. We're not going to be betting that game. Uh, but a lot of great stuff coming down the road in week two. And funny, because we'll, we'll talk about this, but uh, home dogs in week one and a lot of uh, big-time home favorites in week two. Some big lines in week two that we'll get into. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, looking back at week one, I made my big bet on Baltimore, and that one came through. I bet 440 to win 400. I talked about how that's kind of the – survivor pick du jour and even though new york was a, a home dog that was one where i felt pretty good about going with baltimore 
the game was close for the first half in terms of you know whether or not they were going to cover the spread, but the second half was pretty much all Ravens, and that was a game that I didn't have to sweat so much. So uh, very happy that my big bet came in. Yeah, and I think you actually called it, you know, in your description, in, you know, last week when we did it, you know, you, you called out DuVernay, who had two touchdowns, Bateman had a touchdown, Lamar Jackson really cruised, but this this was like one of the games that was not, uh, you know, close from really, you know, actually in the third quarter, uh, Baltimore put it away, but you, know, you did not have to sweat too much on this one. Yeah, very happy about that, although the next couple games I got wrong, Um uh, but not by much. I mean, the first one was my Baker Mayfield revenge game. And if you remember, um, I bet it at Carolina minus one and a half. And, and it, as it got closer to the game, it became a pick em. And I, I watched a lot of that game. Baker Mayfield did not look good. He was having to get rid of the ball early. A lot of his passes were being batted. Uh, it didn't look like a good bet. But somehow in the fourth quarter, he ended up getting the lead by one. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to be correct in my thinking, which is he's going to win the revenge game, but I'm not going to cover the spread at one and a half. And if I had just gotten him at the pick it would have been a different story. But that was all obsoleted by a 58-yard field goal as time was expiring by the Cleveland kicker, which was – it looked like a six iron. It was just beautiful. It just had this great little right to left going to it, and it just right split the uprights and – shattered uh, the dreams of one Baker Mayfield and his revenge against his team. That did not pan out for you. You did lose 220 in the, on that bet. I did. I did. And um, uh, there was a crazy – I don't know. Did you see this? There was a crazy play at the end of the game where uh, Brissett stepped back and he sort of faked a spike and, you know, officials originally threw a flag. Then they picked it up. They said he could spike it. And, uh, you know, Carolina th- said it was intentional grounding. It got a little chaotic there at the end. Well, because I got it at one and a half, none of it was going to be all that meaningful. So I, I tended to watch other games. And one of the other games that I watched was the game that you attended in person. And that was the Raiders chargers game. And again, I was in that game the whole time. I had the Raiders plus three and a half. Um, I liked that half point. That was really where everything kind of came down to. And there, you know, just as as predicted, it was a one score game, and the Raiders scored touchdown to you know be down by five, and then they were going to go for two. And not only were they going to go for two, but there was a penalty on the Chargers bringing the ball to the one-yard line. So two-point conversion from the one-yard line, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. But uh, what happens? I think they got like a false start penalty moving the ball from the one to the six. And now – They did. Yeah. Now now a two-point conversion from the six is just not a high percentage play. They didn't score. They lost by five. They should have lost by three. I would have won my bet. Again, I was in it the whole game, but uh, that was one that just didn't break my way. Yeah, I think they did not make that two-point conversion because of how loud I was yelling from my section knowing that you could potentially win your third bet, uh, and I was not doing so well. I have to say I got a lot to say about this game because I was there, and it was really exciting. I mean, the most intense game one of a season I've ever seen. Obviously, so many Raider fans there. And I have to say that if you're a Raider fan, you should not panic. Your team played pretty well. Both of the teams moved the ball. They both, you know, scored. The difference was the turnovers. There were a couple of bad turnovers by Derek Carr. He threw some interceptions. And the pass rushes were both really solid. But Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and the Chargers were just getting to Derek Carr 
whereas the Raiders pass rush was just flushing Herbert out. So he wasn't always making great passes, but he wasn't taking the sacks. Um, you know, I'm a Charger fan. This was a huge win. But I you know just a little bit of a spoiler. I'm picking uh, Las Vegas uh, next week. We'll talk about that because I think that they are a good team. Devontae Adams and Darren Waller are both going to have monster, monster years. Yeah, it was a division rivalry game, and I knew it would be close, and it was close, and it just didn't break my way. Now, the funny game that did break my way, although I kind of called it uh, last podcast, was the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Lions. And I said at the outset, I really think the Eagles are going to win, but they could win by three touchdowns or they could win by, you know, three points. I don't know what it's going to be. And in the fourth quarter, they were up by, I think, three touchdowns. But they ended up only winning the game by three points. So that was my weenest bet, I called it, because I took them on the money line, meaning they just had to win outright. They did. Uh, I don't think the bet was too much in jeopardy, but I did think, oh, they're going to blow them out. I would have been better off giving the four points. And it turns out I made the right call and just took them on the money line. Then again, another home dog covering the spread in, in the Lions. Yeah, I mean, you look like an absolute genius. You absolutely called it. You you liked the game. You didn't like the line, and that's what you do. You know, you bet the money line, and it absolutely came in your favor. You know, I think it's going to be fun to uh, you know to watch watch the the Lions this year. They they've got some uh, pieces. They're improved. It was a fun game. Philadelphia is is also solid. Jalen Hurts is going to have a big year, but it, this was a really fun game uh, to watch, and uh, it did land on your side. Yeah, so overall I went 2 and 2 on my bets, which I, you know, is respectable. I you know, I looked at a lot of folks this week and a lot of them were 500 or less. Um my big bet came in and my small bet came in, which means that overall I was a net winner. Um after betting $1,000, I ended up at the end of it with $1,010. So, we're almost almost right about even, but positive <laughs> $10, I'll take it. It's a win. I can say that I won. Uh, it was enough to beat you. And by the way, it was enough to beat one of our listeners who uh, went yeah. to at one of podcast on Twitter and gave us his five picks. And he managed to, to go two and three. So he was a net loss. Shout out to my friend, Donnie Baseball, Chicago Don, also known as Don Halston. Um, happy that he was participating. And I think he's already responded that he wants to keep following us and continue to make his pick. So yeah, shout out to Donnie. Love that he's following us and, you know, just throwing it out there that, you know, you guys can follow our bets on one bet, throw us what you're thinking, respond to our bets, you know, send a note. We'll give you a shout out. Um, right now, Donnie is in a solid second place and that would mean I am bringing up the rear. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, as they say in the business, shit the bed. Is, uh, I mean, I don't even <laughs> Well, this uh, not not such a good week for you. You uh, you beat no one, and people that didn't play basically got the same score as you. You know, you made a weenus bet. Apparently, I'm just a weenus because it you know, and it was the weirdest week for me. My Chargers won. My Trojans won. My fantasy team won. I had a DraftKings lineup that won. Everything 
you know, rolled my way except for the bets that I made last week on one of bet. Oh, that didn't pan out. And I sort of broke them down into two categories. There were two bets I was never going to win from the beginning, from the get-go. And there were two second-half meltdowns that uh, just sort of broke my heart, one in particular. So my first bet was I had the over in the Dallas-Tampa Bay game. The over was 50.5. And my reasoning was, hey, these were literally the top two scoring teams from last year. They both averaged over 30 points. So I think my first question to you when we started last week was, Miles, what is the number one scoring team? And you said, I think you said Tampa Bay was actually Dallas. So here's my question to you this week, Miles. Name the one NFL team that did not score a touchdown. That would be Dallas. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys. This was a disaster. Uh, You know, like I said, I was never going to win this game. I will point out, however, in the first half of the game, Tampa Bay got the ball to at least the Dallas 30-yard line five times. They came Field goals, right? It was a field goal game. Four field goals. They came away with four field goals. Now, in a world where that could have been 35 points, it ended up as 12. But hey, if the other team doesn't do its part, it doesn't really matter. So this was a disaster from day one and even a bigger disaster for Dallas long term, obviously, because they lost Dak for a while. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I remember your son saying he didn't like the bet and I, you know, didn't have really much to say about it. Um it just I, I don't have a feel yet for the overs and unders. So I think I'm gonna reserve my my belief until I kind of start seeing a, a rhythm happening in the in the NFL. Well, that's great for me because I bet an under coming up. So <laughs> hopefully I have a little better feel. Um so the other game that just never stood a chance was Denver minus six and a half playing in Seattle. And this game just started off poorly for Denver. Everybody thought that Russ was going to come in and just light it up. And Pete Carroll and Seahawks, you know, the Seahawks were terrible uh, in preseason. And they were playing, you know, their starters. Geno Smith and Drew Locke were in a quarterback competition. You know, I think momentum is such a weird thing. So early on in the game, Geno Smith almost gets sacked, and it looks like he's going to run. So Denver comes up on defense, and Smith just lobs it over their head to Will Disley, who scores like a 40-something yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, you know, they're up 7 to nothing, And, I, you know, that just sort of started, you know, Denver behind the, the eight ball going, you know, into the rest of the game. It, it didn't help that Denver had two fumbles, I think, in, you know, in the red zone, maybe even at the goal line. And I think one was by each of their running backs. I think both both running backs ended up with the fumble. I mean, I wouldn't say it wasn't close. I, I think there was definitely a chance that, that Denver would, you know, if all things broke well, you know, should have pulled it off. But you just got that feeling that, that Seattle wasn't going away. And a lot of people lost their survivor bets that week by by betting on Denver. I think I recommended them to a couple of people. So yeah, that was my big bet. That was 440 to win 400. It doesn't really matter that I give you the numbers because they all lost. Missed it by that much. But for just a minute, I think we have to talk about the end of that game and the clock management going into a 64-yard field goal attempt. I think you and me, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, everybody's heads were exploding. You spent literally a quarter of a billion dollars on your quarterback on fourth and five and you're going to settle for a 64 yard field goal 
Yeah, that's a, a rookie coach just uh, not realizing about clock management, time management, decision making. You know, it, it, it makes amateurs like you and me think we can go out there and coach any team we want. Yeah, I mean, Hackett looked like he was a deer in headlights. He's already regretted it. It's just such a bad start for a team that everybody was putting into the playoffs and some were even, have, you know, marking as a dark horse Super Bowl contenders. Well, a lot of people think they're going to bounce back this week. We'll get into that in, in just a bit. Yeah. So those were my two that had no chance. So let's talk about one that I was leading in the in the second half, and that was Jacksonville plus two and a half over Washington. They're playing in Washington. My bet was a small bet, 115 to 104. Top of the third quarter, uh, Jacksonville's winning 22 to 14. So... They just fell apart at the end. Yeah, the the, com- the commanders, they showed up, praise be, you know, under his eye and then, you know, blessed be the fruit. I did not uh, expect a lot from Carson Wentz. He was okay. Four touchdown passes. He did have, um, you know, two interceptions. Um, I thought Frank Reich would get a little bit more into his head. Um, I was happy about this into the second half. It just all went bad. Uh I don't know what to say, but it wasn't nearly as disappointing as the last game. My final game is I had the 49ers minus seven over Chicago in Chicago. Chicago ends up winning that game 19 to 10. I had bet 115 to win 104, but I'm going to give you, um, first of all, a couple of things. Before the game started, two things came out that made me go, "Uh uh-oh, could be a little bit nerve-wracking here. Number one, George Kittle was ruled out. Uh, I think he's got a bad hamstring or whatever. And number two, the monsoon of all monsoons to turn the field into Lake Michigan. It was just ridiculous how badly the field was draining, the amount of water. It, It was just silly to watch. Yeah, I was I was laughing at that one and just thinking, you know, here everyone's going to be betting unders. I, you know, it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I, I wish I would have had the foresight to pull Mooney out of my fantasy lineup, but I left mm-hmm. him in there and he ended up with, I think, one catch. Um, but yeah, when I saw the conditions of the game, I thought immediately that your bet was going to be in danger. Now, however, let me throw out some stats for you. With six minutes and 22 seconds to go in the third quarter, the score was 49ers 10, Bears 0. Justin Fields had thrown for 22 yards at that point, and he had yet to complete a pass to a wide receiver or a tight end. So at this point, I'm thinking, hey, you know what? It's looking pretty good for me. Uh, and then, you know, football happens. He rolls out. He's almost sacked. He's kind of rolling to his left, looks across. Uh, Dante Pettis is wide open. He throws this lollipop of a pass. Dante Pettis, you know, grabs it, goes in, and San Francisco just completely melts down. They have an interception late. Chicago goes on another, you know, touchdown drive. I will tell you, of all of the upsets, the 49ers are the one team that I do wonder about long term. Uh, Trey Lance was 13 of 28. The QBR rating of 43. I know that the elements were bad, but you've got Jimmy Garoppolo on the sidelines. People are going to start beating the drum. Debo Samuel only had 10 touches in this game. I don't know what Shanahan was thinking, uh, but it did not end up well for me. 
And this was my fourth loss. So I took my $1,000 and I whittled it down to zero. Well, that is a sucker punch to the gonads. Yeah. Uh, the bears are not good. Your picks were not good. You're, uh, as Chevy Chase said to, uh, to Al, you're not good. <laughs> so <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to put $1,000 in my wallet. I'm going to put $1,000 in your wallet. I'm going to shake off week one. But don't I get any chance to just celebrate the win? I mean, I mean. <gasps> Yes, you do. Okay, I mean, there has to, you have to at least disclose that there was something on the line between you and me and that I was able to collect. Totally forgot. You're absolutely right. So we had a lunch at Pink's on the line. And if you go to the At One of Bed podcast right now, you will see me forlornly standing in front of Pink's, Miles gloating over his win with his chili dogs in front of him. Actually, you didn't get a chili dog. What did you get? I think I went up to the to the ticket window and said, I want a hamburger, I want a cheeseburger, I want a hot dog, I want a milkshake. And you know what was really funny? Because the lady looked at you and she said, you'll get nothing in life, which I thought was a nice response. That would have been great if she did. <laughs> but uh, no, she didn't get the joke. And when I said, I'll have a Bloody Mary steak sandwich, steak sandwich, she didn't get that one either. But nonetheless, I uh, thank you for lunch. It was very tasty. I'm glad we did it. It was a great little uh, excursion out to Hollywood, and uh, and you know I got a few days to you know be in the spotlight of of winning the first uh, week. Well, we're going to be playing for some fun things like that all year. And um, this week, what are we what are we playing for this week? I think this week, keeping with all these Caddyshack references, I think we're going to play for a round of golf. Oh, I like it. I like it. Well, you can caddy for me and you can give me all the reads because um, I, like, I hope to have a big week too. The weather's finally settled down where I think it'll be nice enough to go out there and not get uh, just completely burned. But yeah, let's do that. We'll we'll play for a round of golf and we can uh, collect next week. Uh, yeah, I like it. All right. So Miles wins week one. Beep. He ends up with $1,010 in uh, his total bank going forward. I have zero, so I've already got some you know, things to make up. I'm going to be making some crazy money line bets uh, down the road to catch up. Um, but let's turn to week two. So Miles and I are both making three bets in week two, and I'm going to start here. So just because you don't trust the over-under bets, I did terrible in my over bet last time. I'm going to go with an under bet. Uh, this week, I am picking in the New England Pittsburgh game the under of 40 and a half. I'm going to take that under for 440 to win 400. Well, why am I doing that? You've got two teams that struggled on offense. Pittsburgh scored 23 points in week one, three of those points were in overtime, and seven of those points were on a Minka Fitzpatrick pick six. The offense was not great. And they are playing a team that did score a touchdown, the New England Patriots, but that's it. They lost uh, to the Dolphins. They only scored seven points. This game's going to be in Pittsburgh. I think you have two good defenses, two bad offenses. Uh, Pittsburgh had four interceptions, seven sacks. Now there is one huge caveat that needs to be said in this game, which is T.J. Watt is out. And he's going to be out for a while with a torn pack. So in a world where the 
Steelers defensive line really dominated with Cam Hayward, with Alec Hightower and TJ Watt. They are going to be missing one of those three big pieces. But I don't think it's going to matter. Mac Jones had a back injury coming out of game one. He is playing. and He is practicing. Their, their offensive line is not great, which I think plays into the hands of the Steelers. I think this game is just a defensive you know, slog fest all the way through it. I like the under at 40 and a half. I'm going to take that to win $400. What do you think? I don't think much of it. And that's not to say I think it's bad. It's just I, I can't go with the total yet. Um, I mean, I, I think what you're saying makes sense. But if I were to pick a side, uh, I like Pittsburgh as the home dog. You know, they're getting two at home. Um, New England just did not look very good in week one. Although Belichick has only gone 0-2 to start a season like like once in the last 10 years or something like that. Or uh, maybe even more, um, but I, you know, with the points, you never know. You could get defensive scores. You could get special team scores. You, you know, Najee Harris is playing, so I, I, he left the game early, and but he's back. So I just don't have a feel. So I'll uh, I'll watch with you, but uh, I, I can't tell you good pick or bad pick in this in this regard. I do think you bring up a good point. I don't know how you look at the New England Patriots in week one and made them, make them a road favorite in Pittsburgh. It's a kind of a baffling line. Uh, I didn't take it as the spread, but uh, I think you're right to point it out. I, I, I'm a little bit perplexed by it. I'm taking the under. That's my first bet. Miles, what do you got? So there were about three games that jumped out at me um, that I've been kind of mulling over in my head. And and I ended up going with the big bet of the Bengals over Dallas and I'm laying seven and a half points. Now that is a lot of points to lay down and I don't love doing it, but I look at last week and if anyone's primed to have a bounce back week, I feel like it's Cincinnati. I mean, Joe Burrow had four interceptions and a fumble and they still should have won that game. I mean, their offense, when they move the ball, looks great. I love the chemistry he has with Jamar Chase that goes back all the way through college. Um, this is really a bounce-back game for them, and and it's helped by the fact that Dak Prescott's injured and we're going to be seeing Cooper Rush at quarterback. Now, this last week, the backup quarterbacks in the Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett style both actually came through, and being a backup quarterback – wasn't a detriment to the team, but here I think uh, Cooper Rush, you know, is going to break that streak. Um, I also feel that you know the loss of Amari Cooper makes Dallas, you know, too one-dimensional in the passing game. So I, I'm going 440 on the Bengals to uh, their road favorites. So this is another one of those home dog situations. But I'm I'm laying the points and and hoping that the Bengals come out strong. Yeah, I like what you're saying in terms of Cincinnati being a big-time uh, bounce-back candidate. I agree with you. You know, One of those in- interceptions was a freak interception kind of right into T.J. Watt. I would like this line a lot better if it was 6.5 rather than 7.5. That is a lot uh, you know, to cover as a, uh, you know, as a road favorite. Um, the other thing I will say is that the Dallas defense is still pretty strong. Micah Parsons is really, really good. Cincinnati had trouble with a strong defensive line. So I'm not saying I'm not with you in general theory. That line is just a lot. So that seven and a half would make me nervous. Yep. I'll probably have to sweat it, but um, that's where I went with bet number one. What's your bet number two? My second bet. 
I am taking the Cleveland Browns minus six and a half over the Jets. I'm taking Cleveland to cover at home. I'm betting 330 to win 300. The Jets are not good. They have an inept offense. Joe Flacco is going to be playing quarterback again. He is not a mobile quarterback. I think Miles Garrett's eyes get really big and just tease off on him. Cleveland, I think, does enough to win. Jacoby Brissett uh, is good enough. Uh, they did beat Carolina on the on the 58-yard field goal. And if you look into the stats, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for over 200 yards on the ground. I think it's just too much for the Jets to handle on the road. Uh, again, just like your bet was seven and a half, and I didn't like this line. I like this line because it's six and a half, and I think it's a little bit more m- marginal. So I'm going to take Cleveland to cover at home, six and a half over the Jets, 330 to win 300. Put it in the bank. Yeah, no, I, I actually like this bet out of you. Um, it was a bet that I had considered uh, along the way. Um I agree that the Jets just, until they show me something, um, I'm going to continue to want to bet against them. And I think this week is no different. So uh, I think you should feel good about that one. We'll see. I felt good about all of them last week. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why they play the games. (laughs) So my next bet, um, this is an interesting one. I'm taking the Seahawks. Plus eight and a half against the 49ers. Wow. And it's gone down. It's gone down. It, it was ten and a half. Uh, but now it's now it's eight and a half, which means that everyone is betting the Seahawks. Um, and I watched this last week too as as the line changed and thought, oh, if everyone's on the other side, maybe, you know, maybe uh, that's the right thing to do. And and this time I'm on the correct side. And look, I don't think the Seahawks are that good. And I know the conditions were terrible in Chicago when the Niners played, but they outright lost to the Bears. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not convinced that the 49ers are as good as people thought they would be going into the season. I agree. Now, maybe they'll get George Kittle back. George Kittle didn't practice today on Thursday, but, you know, he's likely to get back. And, yes, Elijah Mitchell got knocked out of the game, and he's not playing, but – you know, the San Francisco run game goes through their wide receivers anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I just feel like eight and a half is a lot of points to give. Ten and a half would have been better. But, you know, Seattle looked – they looked fine. They looked – they moved the ball with Penny at running back. They've got Metcalf and Lockett on the receiving side. You know, they don't have the 12th man, which I think was was a factor in the game that they won. But I think they keep it close enough in this division rivalry, and uh, I think possibly uh, are going to cover with the with the eight and a half. Yeah, you're getting a lot of points, and for that reason, I, I like the bet. Uh, I do think that the 49ers are going to bounce back some. Like I said before, I'm very very um, curious about how Trey Lance uh, evolves and whether he really is the real deal. I'll throw out a stat for you. Pete Carroll against um, Kyle Shanahan, eight and two, and he's won the last four. So if that helps you sleep at night, uh, you can put that in the bank. Um, So what are you betting on that game? That one's going to be 330 to win 300. Before we get into our third bets, I just wanted to flag, you know, we had, um, you know, kind of the story of the betting lines for the week last week being you know the uh, you know the road dogs 
sorry, the home dogs. Um, this week, there's some massive home favorites. Like, what do you think of these lines? Denver minus 10 at home against Houston after the way they played. Uh, Green Bay minus 10 uh, against Chicago at home after the way they played. Now, Buffalo minus 10 against, you know, sorry, Buffalo minus 10 against Tennessee. That one doesn't bother me so much, but some huge, huge home favorites. No, I originally, when I looked at the lines, I thought I should just take the games with 10 points and, and, you know, hope that parity exists as it's been shown in week one and that everyone plays it close. I mean, there really wasn't that many blowouts. Um, and so I considered Houston plus 10. I considered the Bears plus 10 because I didn't think Green Bay looked all that good. But that's a huge rivalry game. And, and I, I just I didn't I didn't want to risk it. You know, I could see it going either way. But initially, my thought was take the 10 points. And that's kind of where I ended up with the Seahawks. Um you know, and it, it's just that the 10 points turned into eight and a half. Yeah, those are big numbers for the NFL. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, my third bet. Talked about this a little bit before, but I am going to take the Raiders over the Cardinals, but I am going to take the money line. Um, as it happens, the money line is minus 230 for the Raiders, and I have $230 left in my $1,000. So that spread is five and a half. I'm going to take them on the money line, betting 230 to win. 100. And like I said before, the Raiders are a good team. I don't know that they're a great team, but I think Derek Carr cuts down on the uh, turnovers. He's got some great pieces. And almost exactly like your bet on the Eagles last week, I really like the Raiders to win, but five and a half points would make me nervous to give to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals uh, got drubbed by Kansas City. There's going to be some bounce back. I think, you know, Kyler Murray is just too good to play that poorly. Chiefs are a really, really good team. So I see the Raiders winning the game. Uh, I don't necessarily see them covering five and a half. That's why I'm on the money line uh, to win that hundred for a $230 bet. Yeah, I didn't want to go with uh, the Raiders two weeks in a row. I thought I'd give them a, a rest uh, this week, um, but I do agree that they're poised for a bounce-back game. Um, I just, after losing on them one week, I, I'm getting, you know, scared to to continue on with them until I, until I see more of a body of work. But uh, certainly understand where you're going. There you have it. So those are my bets. What's your third bet? So my third bet is the Colts minus three and a half against the Jags. And, you know, the Jags, you talked about, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. They did. Uh, they, looked, they looked like they were going to win outright. Um, and, in fact, I, I had someone texted me in the second half saying, thank you for this pick. Um, I, I changed one of my confidence pool bets because of it. And right there I thought, oh, you don't want to mush your own bet. Like, you don't do that, right? <laughs> you don't ever speak of the game before the game is yeah, over. <laughs> you, you don't talk about a no-hitter while it's happening. You don't talk about Fight Club. and you don't, you don't brag about the bets that aren't cashed yet. And in this case, uh, yeah, that bet was mushed as soon as that text arose. And, you know, it's funny, there's a, a sports better that I follow Kelly in Vegas, also known as Kelly Stewart. She's a barstool and she has a whole thing about, you know, mushing bats. So you got to respect the karma, but um, you don't have to respect the Jags. I think they're horrible and I don't respect the Jags. And, you know, Carson Wentz was, you know, able to do a lot 
against them. And now this week you're bringing, you know, Matt Ryan to the table with weapons like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. And I just think, you know, so much more of an explosive team um, that I think the Colts come in and, and handle their business. They, uh, they should have won last week. They were a uh, field goal away from, from winning and it shouldn't have even been that close. I think they cut their kicker because he missed the field goal and they're bringing in new kickers. Yeah, they have an opening if you're interested. Well, I'm hoping <laughs> so, it doesn't come down to a field goal. I'm hoping that they that they win. I'm, I'm laying four points. or I'm laying three and a half. I wish it were three, but it's three and a half. And then I, I saw that I think Shaquille Leonard's practicing again. So maybe that adds a, a new dynamic to the defense. So my bet here is $230 because that's what I had left. And that I think wins about uh $209. So that's my, my third bet. Now, are you all in on the Colts? I mean, they were down 20 to three at one point against the Texans last week and they stumbled out of the gate and they needed a big second half to get back in it. I, I don't, I don't know. I like them coming out of the North. Um, I've always been a fan of, of Jonathan Taylor. I, I drafted him, you know, his rookie year early and people were going, why would you draft him so early? And he's, you know, think right now the consensus RB1 in the league. Uh, Michael Pittman, love him. He's a local kid. Um, you know, his brother's going to probably be in the NFL in the next couple of years, but you know, getting to watch him mature throughout his college career and now in the in the pros, I, I like that team. What can I tell you? Um, Indianapolis, uh, I've liked them for a while, and uh, I don't know if I'm all in on them, but I certainly feel like they haven't had good luck against the Jags, and I think maybe this time they, they break that streak. And another interesting little tidbit, Frank Reich is coming back to coach against the Colts. So that'll also be interesting to watch those chess match there uh, as he coaches against his former team. Those are our bets, Mr. Miles. What do you think? So let me just recap mine, and you can recap yours. Um, I am looking for a – speaking of bounce-back weeks – Nobody needs a bigger bounce back week than I do. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, let's see if I've learned my lesson. Here are my bets. I am taking New England and Pittsburgh. I'm taking the under at 40 and a half. I think you have two bad offenses, and this is going to be a low-scoring game. My bet is 440 to win 400. Uh, game two, I am taking Cleveland minus six uh, over the Jets to cover at home. I just think the Cleveland offense is enough and the Cleveland defense will be um, all over a bad offense, which is Joe Flacco et al. Uh, for the Jets. I am betting 330 to win 300 in that game. And then my final bet is that I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders over the Cardinals on the money line, minus 230. So I'm betting 230 to win 100. Uh, I like the game more than the line, which is five and a half, which is why I'm on the money line. Um, and those are my three bets. Book them. I am taking, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals and I'm giving seven and a half against Dallas and I'm just thinking Dallas is going to be imploding and I'm hoping the Bengals are in a good bounce back spot. I'm then taking the Seahawks plus the points. They're getting eight and a half points against the Niners. I'm betting 330 on that. I don't necessarily think they'll win and I do think, you know, San Francisco has something to prove, but eight and a half is just too many points uh, for me and I'm taking them. And then my last bet is I'm taking the Colts over the Jags. Uh, they're giving three and a half, but I'm hoping that the Jags continue their uh, fumbling ways and uh, and that the Colts uh, pull this one out with a victory. 
Great. Now, I think technically, because I'm on the money line, if we both hit all of our bets, you would win because you have more money potentially coming into your bank, if, I, if I'm correct in that. That is true. If I go three and three, your three and three will not tie. But, I mean, this stuff is hard. I mean, let's face it, uh, this stuff is hard. And I don't necessarily know that three and three is going to be realistic for both of us, let alone one of us. But uh, the analysis is there. The handicapping was done. Let's see what happens. Well, I just want to get off the schneid. So if we're both three and three, I will happily lose week two. So come back next week because, as you know, we're going to be doing this all season long. If you want to know how these bets ended up for us, Come back to the Wanna Bet podcast for week three. We'll recap these bets. We will crown our week two winner. Then we'll put $1,000 again into our week three wallet. We'll turn our attention to week three. And we're going to keep doing this all season uh, until I win a bet, until I get some food, until something good happens. Also, if you want to participate with us, yes. I mean, I, you should tweet your tweet your picks to us uh, at Wanna Bet Podcast, and we will... Review them and write them down. And if you happen to do better than us, then we'll mention you in the podcast. Um, I hope to see Chicago Don with uh, with his picks again for week two. But be nice to see some of our other followers that uh, that have checked in with us making some additional picks. We will be creating content all season, right, Miles? <laughs> I love that word, creating content. I, I've been using it as a euphemism at home, actually, for taking a dump. Uh, you know, I used to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm dropping a deuce or, Hey, I'm dropping the kids off at the pool or I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. but now it's, you know, I'm creating content. So we uh, will be creating content all season and, uh, your picks uh, are creating content. I'll tell you that. Well, taking a dump is a perfect euphemism for my week one. I'm looking forward to a bigger too. We'll see you next week on the one of that podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.